This sutta is called a lump of foam. It appears in the Kanda Samyutta of the Samyutta Nikaya as sutta number 95. On one occasion, the Blessed One was dwelling at Ayodhya on the bank of the river Ganges. There, the Blessed One addressed the bhikkhus thus, Bhikkhus, suppose that this river Ganges was carrying along a great lump of foam. A man with good sight would inspect it, ponder it, and carefully investigate it, and it would appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in a lump of foam? So too, bhikkhus, whatever kind of form there is, whether past, future, or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near, a bhikkhu inspects it, ponders it, and carefully investigates it, and it would appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in form? Suppose, bhikkhus, that in the autumn, when it is raining and big raindrops are falling, a water bubble arises and bursts on the surface of the water. A man with good sight would inspect it, ponder it, and carefully investigate it, and it would appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in a water bubble? So too, bhikkhus, whatever kind of feeling there is, whether past, future, or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near, a bhikkhu inspects it, ponders it, and carefully investigates it, and it would appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in feeling? Suppose, bhikkhus, that in the last month of the hot season, at high noon, a shimmering mirage appears. A man with good sight would inspect it, ponder it, and carefully investigate it, and it would appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in a mirage? So too, bhikkhus, whatever kind of perception there is, whether past, future, or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near, a bhikkhu inspects it, ponders it, and carefully investigates it, and it would appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in perception? Suppose, bhikkhus, that a man needing heartwood, seeking heartwood, wandering in search of heartwood, would take a sharp axe and enter a forest. There he would see the trunk of a large plantain tree, straight, fresh, without a fruit bud core. He would cut it down at the root, cut off the crown, and unroll the coil. As he unrolls the coil, he would not find even softwood, let alone heartwood. A man with good sight would inspect it, ponder it, and carefully investigate it, and it would appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in the trunk of a plantain tree? So too, bhikkhus, whatever kind of volitional formations there are, whether past, future, or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near, a bhikkhu inspects them, ponders them, and carefully investigates them. As he investigates them, they appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in volitional formations? 
Suppose bhikkhus that a magician or a magician's apprentice would display a magical illusion at a crossroads. A man with good sight would inspect it, ponder it, and carefully investigate it, and it would appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in a magical illusion? So too, bhikkhus, whatever kind of consciousness there is, whether past, future, or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near, a bhikkhu inspects it, ponders it, and carefully investigates it, and it would appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in consciousness? Seeing thus bhikkhus, the instructed noble disciple experiences disenchantment towards form, disenchantment towards feeling, disenchantment towards perception, disenchantment towards volitional formations, disenchantment towards consciousness. Experiencing disenchantment, he becomes dispassionate. Through dispassion, his mind is liberated. When it is liberated, there comes the knowledge, it's liberated. He understands, destroyed is birth. The holy life has been lived. What had to be done has been done. There is no more for this state of being. This is what the Blessed One said. Having said this, the fortunate one, the teacher, further said this. Form is like a lump of foam, feeling like a water bubble. Perception is like a mirage, volitions like a plantain trunk, and consciousness like an illusion. So explained the kinsman of the sun. However one may ponder it and carefully investigate it, it appears but hollow and void when one views it carefully. With reference to this body, the one of broad wisdom has taught that with the abandoning of three things, one sees this form discarded. When vitality, heat, and consciousness depart from this physical body, then it lies there cast away, food for others without volition. Such is this continuum, this illusion, beguiler of fools. It is taught to be a murderer, Here, no substance can be found. A bhikkhu with energy aroused should look upon the aggregates thus, whether by day or at night, comprehending, ever mindful. He should discard all the fetters and make a refuge for himself. Let him fare as with head ablaze, yearning for the imperishable state.